0: Ever you want to, preferably close. I don't think he's in your face. He's like way up there. <laughs> How you guys doing tonight? Am I talking to myself? This is where you respond. It's question and answer time. I ask the question, you answer. Hey, thanks, Kaylee. <laughs> Anybody else doing good? Anybody doing terrible? <laughs> you're afraid to say yes? It's okay. You can say it if you're doing terrible. All right. Hey, how many of you have been to Minchies? Nice. Minchies is open. If you don't know what it is, it's not Munchie's. It's not where you go when you got the Munchie's. You could go there. <laughs> yeah. It's actually very delicious. It's the new frozen yogurt shop across the street. It's amazing. If you haven't been there, go. Right now, seriously. Just kidding. I, they will be open after this. We're going to go there afterwards. All of us, together. We will hold hands and walk there. It's a long walk, but for me, getting old. And it's cold. You're right. Minus four is freezing. Yes, let's walk to our cars and drive there. That's that's a better idea. All right, you have your Bibles? I Bibles, your Android Bibles, your A Bibles. You you can get a Bible on an Android, right? (laughs) Anybody have an Android? You have a Bible on your Android? There you go. It's possible. Not quite as cool, but possible. All right, Daniel chapter 6. If you don't know where Daniel is, it's in the Old Testament. It's towards the end of the Old Testament. It's on page 754 on my Bible. Probably not in your Bible. 754. All right, so that's, don't turn to 754. Probably won't find it. Daniel chapter 6, verse 14. 614. Six, four. Are you there? No? Okay. Now turn to. No, I'm kidding. Stay there. Daniel chapter 6. We'll stay there for a little bit. Um, Gabriel is not here tonight, if you didn't realize that. Him and his wife are in Florida. Be jealous, I am. It's four below here, and it's 400 degrees there. Exactly. It is hot. It is nice. I saw they had a Facebook post yesterday. They were in SeaWorld. Must be nice going to SeaWorld, getting splashed by the animals. I was like 10 when I went to SeaWorld, but that was in Disneyland, not Disney World. Cool, you don't care. All right, Daniel chapter 6. So I'm going to preface a little bit. Um, Daniel was an awesome man of God. He's also a prophet. He is who the book is named after, Daniel. They also, they changed his name, and it's like Belshazzar or something like that. It's Kind of a cool name, but we'll just go with Daniel for tonight. So Daniel is... Was uh, was from Jerusalem. He's an Israelite, and so the Babylonians came in around this time, and they they wiped everybody out of Jerusalem, except for just a few strong men, good-looking guys. It says, just a few, the chosen ones. They picked them out, but slaughtered everybody else. Didn't care about them. So they just picked a few, right? And so Daniel's one of these these few that they they chose. He also had three buddies. I don't know if you've heard of them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Abednego. Sweet names. They actually changed their names to that, too. It was something else before, but that doesn't matter right now. So so, anyways, there's there's a story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're not going to go into that story. But purpose of this. Uh, the, so, so what had happened is, is uh, they were... They were basically slaves under, under Nebuchadnezzar at that time, right? And so Nebuchadnezzar ruled everybody. It was a king, right? The king rules everyone. And, and so they make them all serve him and his religion. Um, and so, so Nebuchadnezzar dies, and then there's Darius. Now, Darius is king at this time, or Darius, however you want to say it. I'm going to say Darius. It sounds cooler to me. Darius is king at this time. And so Darius loves Daniel. Daniel is this faithful man. He's been around um, for like 60-plus years at this time. He's been around about 60 years, uh, serving faithfully and seeing favor in every king. So with Nebuchadnezzar, he saw a lot of favor with him, and then the next guy, and now Darius, too. And so Darius puts him up. Oh, I decided to call him Darius. Darius... Darius like puts him up at the top because he's faithful. He has integrity and he loves the Lord. He worships God. And so then these guys get super jealous. Some guys that are also pretty high up and they get jealous of Daniel. And so, so they try and figure out this way to get rid of Daniel and uh, without the king really knowing, trying to sneak attack the king and kick him out because the king loves him. So they decide to make this decree and and to run it by the king and have them put, have, have the king put out this decree that anybody who doesn't worship the king and worships another god is going to get thrown in a lion's den. So the, they bring that to the king. The king's like, sweet, sounds good to me. So he puts out this decree. And so these sneaky little guys come and they, they go to Daniel's house. Now Daniel goes into his house, into his own bedroom. And starts worshiping God. He worships God three times a day. Opens up his windows and just gets on his knees before the Lord. Well, these guys like sneak up into his house, into his room, and find him worshiping God. And so they run to the king Darius and they rat on him. And they say, look, Daniel's worshiping another God. And so that's where we come right here in verse 14. So follow with me, Daniel 6. 14, when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to the king and said to him, remember, O king, that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, voice, Daniel, servant of of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered. See, if I was Daniel, I would have hesitated a little bit. Just let him wait, let him worry. Daniel had a lot more integrity than me. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. Ouch. That backfired, huh? And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all the bones, all of their bones, except for the children. They were safe. Not true. Then... King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in, part, in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves he performed signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued da- Daniel from the power of the lion. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Pretty cool story. You might have heard it in Sunday school. If you haven't, you heard it now. That's a pretty sweet thing that this king says who didn't, didn't believe in God before. And then he comes and he says all this stuff, God who saves and everything, so. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. God, I pray that you would speak through me tonight. God, that that, that your words would be spoken and it would touch our hearts. God, you would minister to us. God, we pray that you would just bring clarity. God, you would bring healing. And Lord, that you would just do a work in all of us tonight. Lord, we love you and glorify your name. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So this is a sweet story, right? Daniel, Daniel has this opportunity to be full of fear and doubt and worry, be scared. He's about to be thrown into a den of lions. I don't know if you've been around a lion before, but I saw this YouTube video once. Seriously, I did. It was cool. This lion was like running at this man. (laughs) It's, It's cool. He's got a gun, right, in his hand. Yeah, just like that. And he lunges at the man. The man shoots him with this rifle and goes right over his head. This has nothing to do with my message. I'm just telling you about lions. And he comes back again. He shoots him again. It's pretty cool. He finally dies. But this is a big lion. Like, lions are huge. I don't know if you've seen them on YouTube or been out on a safari. But they're big. So, So they've probably killed tons of people already and just ready for a snack, ready to eat. So Daniel has, has seen favor in the eyes of all these different kings for like 60 plus years. And then this thing happens to him. He's about to be thrown into this uh, lion's den because some punks don't like him. And so he gets thrown in there. And during this time, he just trusts God. It says, he says, I, I had no wound. No wound was found on me because I trusted the Lord. He trusted God. It's time that lions are about to rip his body apart, eat his bones, and chew on his head. True story. Could have happened. But he didn't because he had faith in God and he trusted in him. So we're doing a series. Gabriel started a couple weeks ago. The series is on uh, the 12 promises that Jesus promises. All right, so the, the one last year was, or last week was forgiveness. I didn't hear the one before. Anybody know it? Cool. Jesus never leaves. Sweet. Jesus never leaves. Jesus always forgives us. It was last week. So this week we're speaking on peace, his promise of peace. So if you will turn with me to John chapter 14, John 14, 27. You there? tell you a little bit about it. So Jesus is talking to his disciples right here. And he's predicting his death. He's telling them that he's about to die. He knows it's coming, he sees it's coming. He knows how he's going to die. And so as he's speaking and he's he's sharing with his disciples his last words to his disciples, he leaves them something. It's like his his legacy that he leaves behind to all these disciples. Here it is, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus didn't have a big old bank account, a lot of money to give to his disciples. He didn't have a big old house on the hill to give them. What he had was was way bigger than that. It wasn't this material thing. The only material thing that they had recorded that he had was his robe, and his robe got stripped from him and taken by the guards. So he had nothing to give them materially, but this is what he leaves, and he says, I leave with you my peace. Now, one of the names of of Jesus was the Prince of Peace. He was full of peace. That's what he was. He knew he was about to get murdered. He knew about the brutal death he was about to, bear on the cross but he still had this peace in his heart and this knowing that God was in control that his father had a plan and this was part of his will was for him to die so he had peace and he says this same peace I'm going to give to you so that you guys can have peace with me part of that peace was also that there was no longer going to be a a war between God and people that all of the wrath of God was going to be placed on Jesus when he died. He was going to take all of God's wrath and all the sins of the world and place it on his back and carry it as he died for each one of us. So because of that, there was now peace between us and God, that we could access him fully, we could access his spirit fully, and we could be reconciled with God because we now had the peace between us. So Jesus leaves peace. There's no more war. There's no fighting. There's nothing against and and separating us from God anymore. And this is the same thing for each one of his disciples and each person that ever becomes a believer is that he promises this gift of peace to each one of us. That there's a peace between us and him. But he also goes into, in, in chapter 16, verse 33, same same book of John. I've told you these things. So that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So he's also saying there is this peace in our hearts that he gives us. That yes, we're going to have troubles in our life. But our peace can come from God knowing that he's already overcome the world. There are going to be troubles in our lives. Some of us are probably going through hard times in our lives and seeing troubles. We've all had troubles and we'll continue to have troubles. The world isn't perfect, and he tells us. He doesn't say, look, once you give your life to me, everything is going to be nice and easy, and you're never going to struggle again. Oh, he says there will be trouble. Not there might be. There will be. People leave in our lives. Parents divorce, family members leave, people die that are close to us. This is encouraging you, right? People persecute you, your friends, friends will leave you. People will break your heart. He's telling them to warn them of this. There are troubles in your life. They were about to go through a major trouble because Jesus was about to leave them. He was going to die, and he was going to be reconnected with the Father in heaven. And so the person they've been following for the past three years is no longer going to be with them. And they were going to go through this troubled time, but he said, I leave my peace with you. Even through the midst of your trouble, even through the midst of your lowest time, I have peace to give you. And that same peace is with us. But see, it's hard when you're going through this tough situation and and it seems like everything just keeps getting worse. And your Christian brothers and sisters say, don't worry, everything will get better. And you probably want to punch them in the face because you're like, no, it's not getting better. And we have times like this where we struggle and things seem to be stripped from us. People are stripped away. We feel alone and abandoned. The disciples felt alone and abandoned. That's why they went fishing. They went back to what they knew best. They They could fish, so they went back to that. Because they had troubles. Because they had hard times. Peter even denies Christ three times. It was hard for him. We have low times in our lives that aren't easy. But there is peace in the midst of it. Daniel going into the lion's den. It's easy to get fearful of that. I know you probably know the story. You heard it in Sunday school, but literally picture that. Think about that. I know we don't have a whole lot of lion's dens in Anchorage, but it could be one. Getting thrown in the midst of that. Sometimes we feel like we're in a lion's den and everybody around us is against us. Or everybody or nobody's around us because everybody's left. And so we go through times of low seasons. Or we feel like you're the only one doing something and everybody around you is falling away and not serving the Lord anymore. And you're the only one standing strong in your school or your workplace. And it gets hard. It gets hard to be by yourself and and, and fighting when nobody else seems to be doing it around you. And the easy thing is to just give up to walk away, to be overcome. But Jesus says he promises his peace to be with us during the lowest times of our lives and the highest times. Maybe you're not struggling right now and God's peace is what is sustaining you. I know I've been through some times in my life and I'm not gonna try and compare it to anybody else's, but four years ago, I lost my grandpa and my grandpa meant the world to me. I knew him all growing up and was really close with him. And, I mean, he was healthy. He was, he was his normal self. And then one week he got this migraine. And he had a migraine for two weeks. And he ended up going to the hospital, and he had blood in his brain, and he slipped into a coma, and he died two days later. And I don't know why that happened. To me, it was out of the blue. And I don't understand why it happened. I don't understand why he's never going to meet my daughter. And that's sad to me. That hurts my heart to think about that. But I have peace in the midst of that. I don't even understand why I have peace. But I know that God has given me a peace that overcomes my anger, my frustration, my anxiety, read this in Philippians 4 chapter 6, chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understand, or understanding, or surpasses is not really saying it, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We don't always understand why things are happening the way they are. We don't always understand why this person left. We don't always understand why I'm feeling this way, why I feel sad all the time, why I feel angry all the time. But God promises peace in our hearts. And it seems like, seems like this difficult thing. Well, yeah, we'll just. Yeah, sure, peace, whatever. But the Bible says in in Romans 5, chapter 5, verse 1, is that peace comes from your faith. When we have faith in God, when we believe, the first time we believe in God and we accept him and confess him as Lord and Savior, he gives us peace. Peace is also a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. It's a fruit of the spirit that that God gives us continually. And we always have peace, but we don't always access peace. We don't always allow God to control our situations. And when we're not accessing peace, it means we're not having faith and trusting God, that God is bigger than our circumstances, but we're trusting our own works and our own job of, of getting out of that situation. I've been there. I do it often. I try and control my own circumstances. But faith is saying, look, I can't control my circumstances, but God, I know you have a plan. I know you have a purpose for me. I know your love is deeper than the circumstances that I'm going through right now. And you can overcome them. So God tells us to have faith in him and he's going to give us peace. I believe God wants to restore peace into our hearts. A lot of us are up and down all the time because we don't have this peace that is consistent. We don't trust and rely on God. If we're overwhelmed by something, we worry about it over and over and over and try and replay it in our minds and try and make it work in our minds. What God says, with prayer and petition, With thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God will guard your hearts. God wants to give you peace that sustains you. That doesn't make you up and down and worried about the first little thing that comes out. First little problem that you have with your parents or your boyfriend or girlfriend or just your friends. But God has peace to give you in all of your situations. Whether it's something that's deep in a hard time in your life or if it's just something normal that you go through. God has peace that surpasses our understanding. Can we have the worship team come back up? I want us to I feel like the Lord wants. You dropped your pen. Do you want it? Okay, I'm keeping it. The Lord wants us to be peaceful in all of our situations. He wants us to have peace in our relationships. He wants us to have peace because peace is, 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 is birthed out of trust in God. He just wants you to trust him. Our problem in life is that we don't trust God enough. We trust our own situations, our, our own works to make it happen and make it work better. But God wants us to trust him from the little things to the biggest things. In the toughest times that we go through, God wants us to trust in him. When Jesus was going through the hardest time of his life, which was probably before the actual crucifixion, just the thought and the weight of the world on his shoulders was weighing him down and burying him down. But Jesus trusts God this whole time. He even says, I don't want to drink this cup, but not my will, yours be done. He trusts God through every situation. That's why he was the Prince of Peace. Because he trusted the Father. It always talks about Jesus spending time with the Father. And he says, I do this because the Father told me to do this. He trusted God. Daniel trusted God in the lion's den. If you know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they also trusted God going through that furnace, about to get burnt up. But they had this peace in their hearts because they trusted God. You can have peace in your life, in your situations, whether it's the toughest time of your life, you feel alone, you feel abandoned, Something dramatic happened recently. God wants to restore peace into your heart. He wants to give us peace in our situations. To replace stress. To replace fears. To replace anxiety, worries, doubts. He wants to replace that with peace. Jonathan was talking earlier. And we we were singing a song earlier. About how. No matter what is is coming over us, what what is the when the when the oceans rage, I won't be afraid. Even when the oceans are raging. Reminds me of of when Jesus is out on the boat with his disciples. And the oceans are raging, and the waves are splashing over the boat, and all the disciples are freaking out, but Jesus is sleeping like a baby. Because he has peace in his heart. And he stands up and he says, why are you fearing? Why do you worry? He says, you of little faith. And he stands up and just puts his hands up and they stop. The waves stop. And it calms down. You know that same ability that Jesus had to stop those waves. And to feel peace in his heart when he was about to die a brutal death. That same peace that was in Jesus, he imparts into us. That's our legacy. That's the legacy he left behind for us that we can have peace in the times of our storms. You guys go ahead and start playing. So I feel like the Lord wants to do a work in us, and he's asking us what's that situation for you? Where is that that you're either fearful, you're worrying, you're doubting? Jonathan asked us this question earlier. What is our fear? What are we fearful of? Or what is your situation that you feel anxious or worried about? Or you're dwelling and you're wondering if you did the right thing or if you did the wrong thing. If you're wondering if you hurt somebody or somebody hurt you and you're thinking about that. God wants to give you peace in your situation. I want everybody to stand up. if we could do this. If you could just find a spot by yourself somewhere. Go ahead and do that now. Find a spot by yourself. This is not an altar call. This is just a time for you to spend with the Lord. And he's asking this question. What is it that's weighing you down? What is it that's worrying you? What is it that you need peace for in your situation, in your life? You can stand, you can sit, you can lay, whatever you want. But what is that? What is that trouble that you're going through? What is your situation that feels like the lion's den? That nobody's around you? Just cry out to God. Just tell him your situation. Tell him what you're going through. Tell him why you feel alone. Tell him why you feel like you're up and down all the time. Tell them what's weighing your heart down and what's hurting and what pains you're going through. God wants to give you peace in the middle of your storms. God wants to give you peace in the middle of the little situation. God wants to replace all fear and all doubt and all worry with his peace. But that peace only comes from God. And it only comes when you trust Him. So when you speak it to Him and you tell Him your situation, you are trusting Him. You are taking it out of your hands and you're saying, God, this is yours. God, this is my situation. Father, I pray that you would reveal to us, God the things that are weighing us down, the things that are making us inconsistent, the things that, that we worry about. God, I pray that you would do a work in my heart of the things that weigh me down. God, and you would give me a peace that surpasses all of my understanding. I pray that you would do that in each one of our hearts tonight. Would help us to trust even when we don't understand. Us to trust and take it out of our own hands and give it to you, God. Just take this time to cry out to Him, to share with Him, and to receive that peace of God. Worship team, if you.